We've been talking about physical wholeness. Thank God for these, uh, this time. God gave me this, this whole year. Uh, at the end of last year, uh, God, I've never done this before, but God gave me all of 2019 uh, before the first of the year ever started. Told me what the categories, told me what to preach. Never happened before, but, it, but this year he's outlined this whole year. And the reason is because he's wanting to bring us to a place. He's wanting to, he's wanting to release something in, in the kingdom of God that's already been released. We just got to get a hold of it. Amen. He's already released it. We just got to get a hold of it. There is wholeness for the child of God. We don't have to be tormented. We don't have to be the, uh, you know, the most messed up irritable people on the planet. We can be the happiest and healthiest and God wants to give us the ability to do that. And uh, so thank God for his for uh, mental uh, stability and mental wholeness. God's been helping us to get a hold of emotional wholeness. Oh, that's, a, that's some drama, drama, drama. How many, how many can say that? There's so much drama around. And uh, drama can be dealt with when we, when we bring those emotions under the authority of the Holy Spirit. And uh, he takes hold of our emotion. Our emotions are to be our servant, not our master. Amen. Praise God. And now we're talking about this physical body because it's very important to have a physical body that works. Praise God. A physical body that's healthy. We can't do much if, if we're not healthy. It takes away from us. And matter of fact, our bodies is one of the ways that the enemy works against us to try to stop us because we have to sanctify our bodies. We have to bring our bodies into the covenant of Jesus Christ. We, when we're born, again, we are saved, spirit, soul, and body. But our soul and our body uh, is rebellious, and we have to bring them under the authority of Jesus Christ, under the authority of the, of the Word of God. And we have to believe that that's possible. If we don't believe it's possible, we'll never do it. We have to believe that it's right, that God wants us to have this. And when we believe that God wants us to have it, then we'll pursue it. But if we, if we believe it's something we've got to try to pull or pry out of the hands of God to get him to bless our physical bodies or heal us, then we, we have struggles with that. And, that, and that, that's where we live most of the time. All of us have those disappointing stories about how we prayed, asked God to heal, and he didn't heal. We all have those. And we, we, we wonder, why does that happen? Well, there, there's, a, there's a mystery about the gospel that will never go away. No matter how much you learn, how much you know, there will always be a certain amount of mystery because we just simply don't have the mental capacity to understand everything that's going on. I love, I love to study about uh, the way things work. I'm, I'm, a, I'm the type of person, I've got a mechanical mind, so I, I have to know how it works. I have to take it apart. I have to, I have to see it, piece it together, and, and understand. And uh, I've, been, I've been studying a lot lately. I'm not going to get into it today because I don't, wanna, I don't want you to glaze over. But I've, I've been uh, studying a lot lately about um, quantum entanglement. And how it works and the, and the photons in our bodies, our brains and our hearts and, and the communication and light and energy waves and, and frequencies and all the things that hold us together and make our bodies actually work. It's amazing. You see the creation of God. How, how that scientists can't see the creation of God. Matter of fact, a lot of the beliefs that we have has come from scientists that have investigated the creation of God all the time trying to prove God doesn't exist. And yet all the time he keeps proving that he, that he does. Amen. They come back to the place where they have to say, you know, some, this couldn't have just happened. There's a, there has to be a design. There has to be a creator. Amen. So we, we, we just, when, when we understand that, 
You know, I've been, uh, this week I've been looking at, at photons and how the, the, uh, the brain is just lit up with photons. And now they found out that the heart is, is lit up with photons just like the brain. And now they, they've, you know, the Bible tells us over 800 times, talks about the heart, the communication of the heart, the belief of the heart, how that our heart does this, our heart does it, you know, uh, comes from the heart. The Bible always talks about the heart, not the head. And puts all reasoning matter in the heart. Well, now science has has uh, begin to realize that that there is a constant communication between the heart and the brain, and that they are beginning to believe that the heart is actually a thinking organ, just like the brain is. Isn't that amazing? Praise God! We think with the heart. Matter of fact, your heart produces. Uh, I can't remember the, the numbers, but it's huge amount more electromagnetic current than your brain does. Matter of fact, they can pick up the electromagnetic magnetic current from your heart three to five feet from your body. That's how much current you produce. Has you ever felt somebody walk up behind you and you could tell they were there? How do you do that? You could feel the current from their heart. You can feel the electromagnetic current coming from coming from them yeah their signature and you know somebody's there praise god i can see you're glassing over already i'm going to get back i'm going to get to the word here <laughs> i'm going to get to the word praise god but uh, i was talking last week about miracles how miracles happen and it has to happen outside of time well this week i found out that that photons in 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 quantum entanglement there is no time quantum entanglement is not something off in the universe somewhere it's us it's everything it's all around us and there's there is no time in that and and everything is instantaneous you're getting into the place where god lives and yet it, it's, it's us. It's creation. Praise God. We're going we're gonna to talk today about, does, is there authority and dominion? Does Jesus have authority and dominion? Where does it come from? And do we have the right to access this? Do we have the right to be healed? Do you have the right to be healed? Luke chapter 5. Verse 17. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. That's where we're going to start. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And listen to this statement. This is, this is a statement we're going to look at today. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Amen. Let's read some more. Then behold, men brought on, uh, brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him, and they could not find how they might bring, bring him in, and because of the crowd. They went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst of before Jesus. When he saw their faith... He said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who is paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Amen. <laughs> We have seen strange things today. You know, I've, I've been, this, this week, I've been spending a lot of time in prayer. And, and that's kind of been my prayer that on Sunday when we leave this house, we can say we have seen strange things today. Amen. The glory of God manifesting in, in the healings and the miracles and the, and the transformations of people's lives. And that we can carry that with us all week and see that 
all week long. But the, the phrase that uh, we won't get, I won't get to the rest of this today, but the phrase that, that I want to look at today is, is uh, in verse uh, 17, the, the last part of it, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. The word power here means ability, might, ability to heal. There was an ability present. And it says, Lord, the power of the Lord, the word Lord means master, having power or authority. Two words here declaring that there was power and authority and ability present. Present. It means right now, in our midst, not, not far off somewhere, not, not somewhere we got to go find it, but present with us right now. Present. God is omnipresent. Amen. The Bible says that he is everywhere all at the same time. We don't know how that can happen, but when you get to studying, when, when you get to looking into creation, you begin to realize how that happens because, because creation actually, even though we live under laws in our physical bodies and like the law of gravity and, and, and stuff like that, creation actually has those laws, but yet when you get into the very, the very atomic particle base of, of creation and man, those laws don't exist. What does exist is the realm of possibility. In, 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 the, in the very particle base of creation is anything is possible. In other words, anything become, can become anything that it becomes. I don't know, I don't, that didn't sound right, but it come out, that, that's how it come out. But when we realize that, that God is omnipresent, he is everywhere at the same time, there is a presence. It, it doesn't matter if you're sinner or saint, you get to enjoy the presence of God. Everybody gets to enjoy a certain amount of the presence of God because he is omnipresent present. His, his energy is in this earth. His, his, uh, his glory is in this earth. We see his glory, feel his glory. He's present with us. But in order to have what we're talking about here, Jesus was sitting in a house and it said that, that all of this power was present there. You see what you understand what I'm talking about? It wasn't omnipresent out here in the universe, it wasn't just a atmosphere, but it says that all of that atmosphere suddenly became focused in an area, in a house, in a place. And the power of the Lord, the majesty, the authority, the ability of God to heal and change people's lives became present in a place. Grab hold of this this morning. I mean, just, just begin to digest this. Present in a place, in a house. They wasn't, it wasn't just this feeling. They didn't just get goosebumps. You know, I like, I like goosebumps when I'm in the presence of God. I like to feel the glory of God. I like the, I like the, I like that Shekinah glory. Matter of fact, I've been telling God to turn this, turn the atmosphere of this church blue with this Shekinah glory. As I've seen that, I've experienced it. When we were in India preaching the last time, last, uh, was it last year, last January, somewhere in there, we were, we were there preaching and I was in this one church and just the presence and glory of God began to just come powerfully in that place. I mean, the, the, the hair on my body was standing straight out. I had goosebumps while I was preaching because the power and glory of God was so strong. And then all of a sudden, right in the, as I was preaching, I began to just prophesy the word of the Lord, began, a present word, a right now word for that church began to come forth out of me. And when that happened, as I was looking, the air over the people turned blue. I had to really concentrate on hearing from God because I wanted to go. 
I want to, I want to just enjoy that, you know? But I was speaking a word, and that word, the atmosphere, there was all of a sudden, all of God, what he had, suddenly began to become focused in the atmosphere of a place. One of the reasons we aren't seeing what we read about in the Bible, the healings and the miracles, is because, number one, we really don't know for sure if that's legal or not or if God has uh, given us dominion over that. And number two, we have to start letting the presence of God condense in this place in our lives, in our homes, where it becomes focused. You, you know, the, when the sun's shining, it shines everywhere, and, and it's hot. But you can take a magnifying glass and hold it up and magnify the energy of the sun to a place, and all of a sudden there is power focused in a place. When we understand that God wants to focus who he is, what he is, and what he does in a place, in a person, then we will begin to experience the things that we read about in the word of God because all of a sudden what is omnipresent becomes present manifest. And things start happening. Hallelujah. Things start happening. Oh, praise God. I've got to get into this. I, I, can, just, I can just take off and preach, but we, we've, got to, we've got to look at this. In Genesis chapter 1, we've got to believe it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. Then God said... Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. Notice that statement. Over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God set, blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Praise God. God, God declared to Adam, to man, to humanity, the creation that he made. He declared to them, I am giving you dominion and authority over the earth. God passed that to Adam. Matter of fact, he just come down and checked on them to see how things were going. He would come and walk with them in the, in the garden, and he would check with them. But it was under Adam and Eve. Eve, Eve didn't become Eve until after they was run out of the garden and, and she had children. But originally, they were called Adam. He created them. Adam. She didn't become Eve until after the fall. Originally, God made no division between them. They were Adam, the creation. Male and female created he them, but he called them Adam. Adam looked at his wife and said, I'm going to call you woman because your flesh and my flesh and, and bone of my bone. But they were, God created them. He created two halves of his personality, two halves of who he was. He created the male side. He created the feminine side. He cut himself in two and made a partnership. And that's why he said the two should become one. And that's why God is so protective over the image of the man and the woman in marriage is because it represents his image. 
Amen. I'm going to have to stay focused here. So many things we could go on. Job chapter 1. Turn the book of Job. Actually, the oldest book in the Bible. Job chapter 1. Verses 6 through 8. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now many believe that that's angels. I don't know. I wasn't there. So I'm not sure what all that is. Before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. Now remember Jesus said in the New Testament, he said, I saw Satan fall to the earth. In other words, when he was cast out of heaven, when he was dethroned, when he was put down, I saw him fall. And it says that, and Satan came with them, among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Now, that doesn't mean a lot to us. It just means that he was doing a whole lot of walking. But what it means is he was exercising dominion over the earth. Where you come from? Where you been doing? He said, I've been walking to and fro. I've been going to and fro and back and forth. I've, I've been exercising dominion over the earth. And I know that because in the very next statement, God challenged him. What Satan was saying is, I own it. There's nobody that cares about you. There's nobody serving you. I have taken possession of your creation. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? What was God saying? God was saying, I have somebody that is still presenting. I have somebody that is still presenting. That's going to be important as we go through this. I have somebody that still represents me. I have a earthly human body that is still bringing honor and glory to me. Amen. What an amazing thing. God challenged. I mean, you look at that, you kind of think, well, it's, it's a little unfair for Job. And I want you to look in the rest of that. God said, you can try him because Satan challenged God and said that it's because you blessed him so much is why he serves you, but take away the blessing and he will curse you. And so God said, okay, you can touch the blessing. But don't touch his life. Don't take his life. Okay? Now, immediately, this is what I want you to grab out of this. The Bible says that the the devil or Satan is the principality of the air, the power. He rules in the air. We, We blame so much on God that God doesn't have anything to do with because we gave dominion to the devil. And it says that the devil inspired other tribes to rise up against Job's children and against Job's flocks, against Job's. And, and it was the devil that caused that problem. It was the devil that brought destruction. It was the devil that brought a storm. It was the devil that brought sickness upon Job's body. It was not God that did it. It was God later on that blessed him with twice as much as what he lost because of his faithfulness. But the only reason, the only reason, the only reason that God allowed that to happen to Job is because he proved to the devil, I still have a human being on the earth that will not curse me and still gives glory and honor to me. We're talking about dominion. We're talking about authority. Satan says, I've been going to and fro, back and forth. And and what he was doing, he's challenging God. I have dominion and authority over the earth. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 4. Book of Luke chapter 4. (laughs) 
I think I've wore my voice out this week. Praise God. I've spent hours and hours in prayer, and I've not got past one line. One line I've been praying on for days. One line. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Oh, my. Thy kingdom come. If we're going to have what God's promised us, we're going to have to get in line with the kingdom of God coming and condensing in this place. Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo! Glory. My God. Thank you, Jesus. If I can stop trembling, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on. Luke chapter 4. <laughs> Verses. Where am I at? Woo! Glory. <laughs> ah. It might look like I'm surrounded, (laughs) but I'm surrounded by you. (laughs) This is how I fight my battles. Glory. Luke 4, 5 through 8. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Isn't that amazing? In the spirit realm, things don't don't work like it does in the natural. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me. Amen. There's the declaration. For this has been delivered to me. Now, what God tell Adam in the, in the garden? I am giving you dominion, authority, subdue it. Adam sinned and lost his dominion, and Satan, by illegitimate false means, took it because of man's sin. And here Satan is saying, this all has been delivered to me. And I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Can I paraphrase that in Snyder commentary this morning? The devil is saying, I'm going to let you have this little fantasy of yours. Or let Jesus say to the devil, I'm going to let you have this little fantasy of yours. Because you think you own all this. But you forgot that all God needs is a human being to submit to him in this earth to take it all back, to take it all back away from you. (laughs) In Colossians it said, if they'd have known, if they'd have known They would not have crucified the Lord. Why? Because the devil scattered us like a bunch of mad hornets against him. When he tried to crush Jesus, all he did was give authority back to the kingdom of God. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but I can't help it. (laughs) Woo! Glory. Jesus said, I'm not going to worship you. It might be yours right now. This is Snyder commentary, okay? This is in 3 Timothy. Jesus said, it might be yours right now. 
but in a short time, I'm going to take away from you the keys of the kingdom. I'm going to take away from you the keys of death and hell. I'm going to take, I'm going to strip you and I'm going to bring back the authority and dominion of God back in this world again. You might have been, you might have run to and fro and back and forth for a long time now, several thousand years, but your reign of terror is coming to an end. Amen. Hallelujah. And praise God. In, in, in chapter four and verse 33 through 34, it says now in the synagogue, there was a man, this is after Jesus declares that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. What was Jesus saying? The Spirit of God has condensed and become focused in a human body because I am being anointed, commissioned, given authority by God. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God for the anointing, the commissioning. But here, after that, Jesus goes into the temple. Now, remember before he said, if you are the son of God, the devil said, if you are the son of God, now listen what he says now, changed his tune. Now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon and he cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. All of a sudden, the identity of Jesus come out. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Hallelujah. Jesus just got through declaring his anointing. Upset the Pharisees and the people so bad they got upset and, and thought, well, we'll just throw you off a cliff and take care of that. And Jesus just walked through the middle of them like nothing was going on. That's the kind of God I serve. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm talking about somebody has dominion. I'm talking about somebody has authority. Matter of fact, when they come to get him in the garden of Gethsemane and, and they said, we're looking for Jesus. He said, I, he said, that's me. And they all fell down as dead. Jesus had to get them back up so they could arrest him. That's the kind of God I serve. It was like Jesus says, that's me. Whoops. Come on. Get back up. Just so they could arrest him. Why? Because in the garden. Oh, man, I got to stay focused, but I got to. We, we got to go here. In the garden. Jesus went into the garden. He, he took, he was, he was so distressed. His physical body was so distressed that the, the, that the capillaries and the blood vessels and the cells of his body just begin to bleed from the pressure and begin to come out through his skin as great drops of blood. And there was pressure. And at that point, Jesus never again tried to defend himself against the Pharisees. He willingly went before the high priest. He willingly went before Pilate. He willingly went to the, the whipping post. He willingly went to the cross. Why? Because Jesus was carrying a secret. In the garden, the reason it was so distressful is because God, even though Jesus was sinless, God took the sins and iniquity of the world that stripped us of our authority and dominion, and he put it into the physical body of Jesus. But the devil had no idea what was about to happen. He didn't know. He didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know. Oh, they took it. They led Jesus. The demons were rejoicing because Jesus was about to be killed. But what, what the devil didn't know was he, Jesus was carrying in his body the sins and iniquity of the world that caused us to lose dominion. The things that stripped us of our position with God, Jesus was carrying in his body. And not only was he carrying the sins of the world in his body, he was also carrying the blood of God in his body. 
because the bloodline comes from the Father. He was carried. He was both man and God. See, in order for spirit, whether it be demon or God, to have dominion in the earth, they have to have a human body to represent. Why do you think demons want to possess human bodies? Because they have no authority or dominion unless they can work through that which God said, you now have dominion. So they have no dominion unless they have a human being operating with them willingly and yielded, and then they can exercise authority and dominion. That's why Jesus came as a baby born of a virgin, fathered by God, birth of a woman, had a physical body, and yet had the blood of God. And when he went to the cross, he was carrying both the sins and iniquity of the world and the answer to those sins and iniquity of the world in the same human body that was about to destroy the dominion of the devil over humanity and take back what was stolen from us. So when Jesus was crucified and shed his blood, it was a gruesome thing. And yet what it did was release the salvation of the Lord back to humanity. Paid the sins. Paid for the sins and iniquity. If the devil would have known what he was doing, what was about to happen, he would not have crucified the Lord. He would have wanted him to stay alive because then he would only have one to deal with. He would only have one to deal with. But God had a different idea. God had a different, I said, God had a different idea. He was about to release the presence and power of God back into humanity where the devil was surrounded and overwhelmed by a whole lot of human bodies carrying the dominion and authority of God back to this world. I want you to look at it, Moses. Before God set the children of Israel free, he birthed somebody by the name of Moses, born Hebrew. But then God took him down the river and just happened to take him right to the place where Pharaoh's daughter took her bath. And she heard that baby crying. And it got a hold of her mama instincts. Isn't that right, sis? Never knew, you never knew what that was till now. Got a hold of those mama instincts. And she took that baby out of that river. I mean, think about it. P- putting a baby in a basket and shoving it out in the river? Can you imagine what mama on the other side went through having to let go of that baby? But then God took that baby right down the river, parked it right there, where Pharaoh's daughter could pick him up and raise him in the palace as Egyptian royalty, even though he was a Hebrew, and gave him dominion and authority in Egypt. And then took him out of Egypt, out into the wilderness, where he had an encounter with God, And God sent him back to the Hebrews because now he carried authority in both worlds. And all of a sudden, Moses shows up and he's a Hebrew. He has authority in the Hebrew camp. But then he goes back over to Pharaoh. He has authority in the Egyptian camp. He's out of both worlds. And therefore, he had dominion. God knows how to raise us up 
to conquer the power of the devil, and he's still doing it today. Look at Apostle Paul. He was a Jew, but yet he was raised as a Roman citizen. And then he had an encounter with God on the road, sent back to the Jews, got filled with the Holy Spirit, started preaching the Jesus that he was against. And then God sent him back to the Romans. Why? Because he had authority in both worlds. Jesus came as God to the earth. But God did not have dominion or authority in the earth because he had given it to Adam. But God birthed a body in the earth, filled it with his spirit, demonstrated who he was, paid the price for humanity, shed his own blood, not the blood of a man, but the blood of God, and paid the price. And now Jesus was risen up. He has authority in heaven and he has authority on the earth because he was both human and he was God. And he took back what the devil stole and took back authority and dominion and the keys of death and hell and the grave. And he has come to us today with that authority and said, I can't even get into that. That's next week, but we're getting ahead. Authority. I'm going to be into December before I get done today. (laughs) Book of Colossians. Chapter 2. Verse 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven all you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it hallelujah oh the devil would have just known what was about to happen he wouldn't have done it he wouldn't have inspired the jews to rise up he wouldn't have inspired the romans he would have tried to keep jesus safe Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Wouldn't that be something? The devil trying to keep you from having to keep you safe. But he was deceived because the deceiver always gets deceived because the heart of a deceiver is always deceptive. And the heart of a deceiver always believes his own lies. And his arrogance and his pride got elevated and he saw that he was going to kill the son of God, the holy one of God, and I'm going to take authority. And all of a sudden, Jesus went back to heaven, sat down at the right hand of God the Father and said, they're free. They're free. They have access again. God has access again to the earth, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, and the power and Spirit of God flooded back into the very atmosphere of of earth again, spreading like a virus throughout the world. And today there is a power around this world that is beyond any power that anybody can imagine. I forget how many teenagers and young adults just gathered in in St. Louis. The news media didn't cover thousands and thousands and thousands of young adults 
adults and, and, and teenagers gathered and worshiped God and learned and, and just filled the street. They had to use, they had to use the football stadium in St. Louis because there were so many people, so many young adults and teenagers come to seek God, just to seek God, just to seek God, to worship and to seek God. And they worked together. They, they made, they made uh, uh, buckets to distribute to the needy and, the, and, and they prayed, they worshiped. And on the last day, they asked they asked these people, they, they said, we, we, need, we want to take up an offering for missions. And these young people and young adults raised over a million dollars in that one offering for missions. In St. How many months ago was it that God gave me that word about St. Louis? That was a long time ago. That was last year. I just thought of that. Amen. St. Louis and Chicago, that the Spirit of God is going to come and, and going to begin to manifest in St. Louis and Chicago. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. The news media, never, not a word. But guess who did recognize it? God in heaven and the devil on the earth. See, the devil thought he, he, made, he made St. Louis popular here a while back on the news media with, with all of his destruction and everything. And now all of a sudden God moved back in and started, started manifesting right there in St. Louis. And the news media, don't wanna, they, they don't want to cover that. Why? Because it's an answer. And they don't want answers because that would take away their power. But there's answers coming. God is focusing, focusing focusing. All we got to do as children of God is begin to believe God and pray and worship and let God begin to focus his power in a place, in a generation, in people. Hallelujah. And the spirit of the Lord, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I'm telling you, Jesus is moving. I shared this with a bunch of men the other day. God gave me a word, and I, I, I texted out to a, a, all, God gave me several names to text it out to right at this time. And this is what God said. Last Monday, we took our grandkids out to the lake let them play. They love water. Absolutely love water. I mean, they, they, they would spend their whole life in water if they could. And they, we took them out to the lake. They were playing. They were swimming. They were having a great time. And I was sitting on the bank watching them. And next to them was another group of people, adults and teenagers. And they were all playing, you know, over here. And of course, they was a lot rougher because they was adults and, and stuff. And here, my little my little crew's out here in the water, you know, anywhere, for, uh, three, five, and eight. Eight, I believe Israel's eight. Three, five, and eight. And they're out here playing and floating in their little floaties and their little little duck floaties and everything. And and just everything's going great. And this group over here was throwing an object at each other. I don't, remember, I don't know what it was. It's some kind of object. It, would, it wouldn't quite float in the water, but it didn't sink either. And it had these things on it. I don't know what it was. But all of a sudden, it came flying over and landed. Ari, or Ava, the youngest one, was, was over here outside of everybody else. And all of a sudden, it came flying over and landed close to Ava. And Israel, my oldest grandson, my old, he's the only one I got. Israel, about eight years old, all of a sudden he, he quickly moved over where Ava was and shoved her behind him and positioned himself between, these, between his sisters and these big people. Became a guardian, eight years old. And he squared off with these people that is three to four times his size. And he, he shoved her behind him and he squared off with them and just stood there staring at them. Well, guess what? When I saw him do that, 
Papa up on shore stood up because my grandson sensed a threat and he took position. When he took position, something rose up in me and I stood up and I was ready to charge in there and take control of the situation. You understand what I'm talking about? I preach this whole message today to tell you that the devil has lobbed threats against you, but there's somebody called the Son of God. His name is Jesus. When he sees those threats coming at you, he quickly moves in, takes his position and squares off with the devil. And when he does that, Father God stands up and says, I dare you to touch him. I dare you to touch him. We are not by ourselves. We are not alone. And I can't believe I got this done by 1130. We are not alone. We're not by ourselves. We have an authority and a dominion that has been rightly reestablished. Jesus represents it in heaven. In order to take dominion back, the devil would now have to somehow dethrone Father God, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Ain't never going to happen. Ain't never going to happen. <laughs> Jesus, oh, listen, we're going to get into this next week, but Jesus, Jesus he said, and I'm giving you authority. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I'm going to have to close. I'm getting ready to turn the page. I can't do that. <laughs> Stand with me today if you would. <laughs> Hallelujah. These things that are coming against you, these sicknesses, diseases, and infirmities are illegal in the kingdom of God. And we've got to declare them as being illegal. And we've got to come to the place where we know that we know that we know that God is against this stuff. For years, there was a lie taught in the, in the kingdom of God, in the, in the church, that God puts this stuff on us to teach us something. I got to tell you something. I would not put a sickness on one of my children to teach them anything. And if I, being evil, know how to give good gifts to my children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to those that ask? i got to tell you something. He's much greater than we are, and he loves us more. God has declared these things illegal in the kingdom of God, and we've got to get it in our hearts that it is illegal. It is illegal. Hey, Pastor, how come we pray for so-and-so and they died? How come this have? See, we always immediately go back to the how comes. Well, I, I got I to gotta go, take us back to the place of, well, how come we ain't getting to the place where the power of God is so condensed in our lives that we see it? vision. I have a world vision. But I tell you what burns in my heart more than anything. I love what God's doing overseas. I love what God's doing in the region. I'm a part of that. I'm involved in it. But there's something burning in my spirit like a flame of fire lately. And that is God, this house, this house, this house, this house, this house, <laughs> this house, right here, with us, be magnified. 
This is what I've been crying out for months now. God, make this house a power-producing station that feeds out, that feeds people with the presence of God. This house. I love it when I fly overseas. I wish I could get there like God's presence does. I love it when I fly over there, spend hours and hours and hours on airplanes to get there. And all of a sudden when I get there, it's all worth it because the presence of God begins to move and we preach the gospel and we see people saved. That's amazing. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. But I got to tell you something. God has planted me right here. He's given me authority right here. And I don't want to see overseas what I'm not seeing here. Amen. I pulled out a prophecy the other day that I got several years ago, several years ago. It was a long time ago. And and I was in here praying, and God brought that word back to my mind. And he said, go find that. And I searched through files and papers and stacks, and it took me forever to find that thing. And I finally found it. And I began to realize that most of that prophecy was very detailed. I received at another church a guy that I didn't know. They didn't know us. They didn't know we were preachers. They didn't know we were pastors. And and they called us out and began to speak. And it was very detailed down to even the, the lower part of my back, which I had a lot of trouble with and was in pain. And it caused me all kinds of problems. And he said, he said this to me. He said, God is going to heal the lower regions of your back. Because you're going to have to stand for hours and minister to a, to a dark-skinned people. And that has happened. God healed my back. I've got a brand new back. The discs that were gone are now perfect on x-rays. I've got a brand new back. God healed me. And I have stood for hours. I have stood for hours and laid hands on a dark-skinned people. But then this is the part that that has really been getting to me lately. He said, and you're going to say, why isn't it happening in my church? But he said, "I'm I'm getting ready to shake up the music and worship department. And he said, they're going to start singing your songs. In other words, they're going to start singing your vision, your heart. That started happening. These guys are amazing. Amen. I don't have to try to get them to go with me. They know my heart. They know where I'm going. They they have my heart. They're going with us. That's happened. The next part of that word said this you're entering into a new season and I'm going to blow the doors off of this place (laughs) you're entering into a new season I'm going to blow the doors off this place and people are going to begin to come stream in is what he said they're going to begin to stream in And I'm going to begin to heal. Healings and miracles are going to begin to take place. He wasn't talking about Africa this time. He wasn't talking about the Philippines. He wasn't talking about India. He wasn't talking about any other place. He was talking about this house right here, right now, this people. We're in a new season. Amen. I've been declaring that for a long time. We're in a new season. At the same time, I've been saying, God, get me, get me into that new. Help me, help me to adapt to this new season. But there's authority and power in heaven. We are not lacking authority and power today. It is here. It is here right now. It's among us. There's, we don't have to go searching for it. What we got to do is begin to say, God... Focus, focus, focus. It's that burning bush. 
that Moses confronted. That burning, that was the presence of God. That was the, literally, that was not fire. You got to, the reason the bush didn't burn up is it was not fire. It was literally the energy of God on that bush that looked like fire. And it was just manifesting. He had to get Moses' attention somehow. It was, it was the energy of God suddenly became focused in a little tiny place. And it began to manifest. Paul on the road, or Saul on the road to Damascus, all of a sudden a great bright light. What happened? The energy of God suddenly just exploded in front of him. Became condensed right there. God's saying to us today, start condensing the presence of God into your being, into who you are into your life. Begin to let my glory begin to condense in you. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this. I thank you for the word. I thank you, God, for the power, the anointing. God, I thank you that you are alive and well. I thank you, Father, that you have a vision. You have a vision. God, you have a vision. Lord, you're going somewhere and you're taking us with you. We thank you for that today, Lord God, and I thank you for the presence of God in this house right now.